1: Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm the Cap, Mike Kapler. With me, the man who has been nicknamed by some as the Professor, but strangely, he looks a little more like Thurston Howell III. Welcome, oh. Joel Brzezinski, to the podcast.
0: I thought you were going to say Gilligan or something like that.
1: <laughs> you got a little Thurston in you, I think. A
0: little Thurston Howell the. Thug. Kind of like
1: a lot of Christians, they're always Thurston. Thur- Thurston for righteousness.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bad. That would be a bad Grace name, Thurston. I'm, I'm a Thurston. <laughs> what are we gonna name our kids? You know, it's funny whenever, <laughs> you know, my wife and I are are well beyond the age where we're gonna ever have kids again. But every time I hear a funny name or a weird name or a different name, I'm like, let's name our next kid whatever that is, <laughs> just to get to get a reaction out of her. So I'll say that. Let's name our next kid Thurston. <laughs> That's what I'll do next time. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, he was he God, was a his... Harvard man, so it's ah, kind of but... acceptable, I guess. But how about you, know, you you watch some of these old shows and you, and you do see or hear names that uh you don't hear that much anymore. I mean, for example, Joel, I I don't know if you've ever watched this one, but I'm I'm just coming to the end of a show called Hazel.
0: Hazel. I haven't watched that I,
1: one. No. I mean, how many Hazels have you known?
0: Right. Well, when I lived in England, there was a famous there was a singer named Hazel O'Connor. I was a big fan, a little not a big fan, but I I liked some of her stuff. But I got to see her. I went on a TV show. I was in the audience, a kids show in England. Uh, what was it called? Get set for summer. I don't know if anyone in our English listeners from England remembers this show. Get set for summer. But it was like a kids show or early morning Saturday mornings or something like that. My my dad drove me to Manchester. Which is It was a short drive from where we lived in Stockport, and I got to be in the audience on this show. And one of the live performers was Hazel O'Connor, and um, also um, Shaken Stevens. So anyway, uh, we're what? <laughs> a little I, way off on I, what I, we're talking about I feel about
1: now here. like I'm <laughs> listening to a, a Sunday sermon. My eyes are starting to glaze over, and you're losing me. But That's what I'm trying uh, to I'm, do. I'm sure better. that was cool
0: it was cool for me as a kid. I enjoy. Oh, I sure. really enjoyed that. Yeah. But, I mean, um, you don't
1: always, I mean, wh- where we live, it's not like we're in California or something where you, maybe it's it's a, a normal activity to go and, and sit on the set of a show or a game show or something.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or just my, my son a year or two ago when some friends, they went out to Hollywood, he was thinking about living out there. And anyway, he, there was some famous person that he came across i don't know who it was he knew who it was but i didn't know who it was but he said that's just the type of thing you see out there in that setting you just it's just normal to see famous people um but anyway so um uh, one of the um names that came up recently was um somebody at work asked me do you know what emmanuel means and so i of course it means god with us and for whatever reason that brought me to emmanuel um lewis who played webster <laughs> i don't know if you remember that show webster webster yeah emmanuel lewis is back in the 80s oh yeah
1: okay I, I never watched it
0: oh yeah i watched a little bit of it so i i was just thinking, let's name our next kid webster <laughs> 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 okay and um so
1: I, I I want to get into what we're going to talk about, but yeah. I just got to say this: uh, Are are you familiar with the show Yellowstone? Yeah, I haven't
0: watched the, the, it, but I know what it is.
1: The, yeah, the Dutton family. Anyway, I I know somebody who who named their child here in the last couple of years. They had a baby and and they named their child Dutton. Oh, so oh. yeah, it happens.
0: Yeah, and so Hayden Fry, you know the name Hayden Fry. Uh-huh. Uh A very famous football coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, several years ago, got a, fr- a co-worker and named their daughter Hayden after him. So they got a daughter named
1: Hayden. Yeah, yeah. You never know what's going to stick with people when it comes to naming their children.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um.
1: Well, okay, sorry we took some time. Joel and I don't get together much anymore, so we sometimes we just talk here on the podcast and let you listen. Um, but, you know, we've been talking a lot about, uh, well, we did a whole series uh, in the last few months of the year, pretty much, uh, of, of last year, 2023, uh, 10 episodes of Gentiles coming to faith in Christ. And and then last week we were talking a little bit about uh, how we, as as believers in Christ, whether Jew or Gentile, the, the Jew-Gentile factor really doesn't matter anymore, right? A new covenant in place. And so we talked about being under grace and not law. I mean, that's what Paul said. You're, you're not under law, you're under grace. It's, it's not one or the other. It's not a balance. It's not a little mixture. Paul said that. And it's a true statement because it, it lines up with everything else that we can learn to to grow in and understand regarding this new covenant and the finished work of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed, what the result of all that means for people. Um, Joel, something I, I think you hit on recently, but you didn't get into it too much. So I'm going to give you a chance here and then, and then we'll springboard off of this. But in, in, in Romans seven, there's, there's a passage here. And, and I think you've got a perspective that um, may be uh, even different from some of the more popular uh, grace mindsets that are out there regarding this uh, about the law and dying to the law uh, being dead to the law and that that may not be directly speaking to to us today and so I'm going to give you a chance to maybe um, splice through that a little bit and then we'll we'll take it from there
0: yeah well we can do that it's it's a it's a perspective that I've had for quite some time and I haven't well, we've talked about it somewhat, and I'll, ex- I'll explain that, but um, in Romans 7, the phrase that gets, um, it has a lot of popularity within uh, the grace community, because it's, it does say a lot, is Romans 7, 4, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. And so that's a, it's a good verse, and I mean, it says a lot that they've become dead. He's saying they've become dead to the law. So like we were talking about last week, we're not under the law. As believers, we're not under the law. But of course, as we've talked about this Jew-Gentile thing over the years, and, and quite some time ago it came to me that what Paul is saying here, he's talking to his Jewish brethren— he starts that, off that,
1: I want I want to interject here Joel because um I know you started in verse 4 but Paul did say when he started out chapter 7 I am speaking to those who know the law because I know many think that he's speaking to a mixed audience here of Jews and Gentiles but he so he goes out of his way here to say I'm speaking to those who know the law of course that would be Jewish people
0: Exactly right at the beginning of the chapter of what we know as chapter 7 he says or do you not know brethren and so as a as a as a believer, in growing up in, in, the, uh, in the church, brethren, a lot of times we'll call each other, hey brother, you know, hey sister, talking about Christians. You know, we're calling my Christian brother, you know, a brother. We're calling somebody a brother or a sister. But he's actually talking, when he uses this term here, for I speak to those who know the law. So the brethren that he's talking about are the Jewish people who have been under the law and who know the law. You know, right pe- people who have been under it for you know the the Jews had been under it for the last 1500 years and uh, so he's talking about those who know the law gentiles would not have known the law that you know it was read in the synagogues every week and gentiles could have heard it but for the most part when Paul is writing to these various churches around the area um you know it's a pretty widespread area and many of them most gentiles would never have even had a chance to know what the law says. So he's speaking to those who know the law. So when he says therefore my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, he's talking about the Jewish people have become dead to the law that they may be married to another. But before he says that, he says, "Do you not know that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives?" And he's talking about the so he's talking about the law having dominion over a man. "...for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives." So he's speaking about those who are under the law. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, if she marries another, she'll be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law." so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. To put it in simple English, if a woman is married and she marries somebody else while she's still married, she becomes an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free to marry somebody else, and she's not called an adulteress. But the point here that Paul is making, and he's he's using the law as an example to show how the Jewish people had become dead to the law, because... The husband died, and and by the husband here, he's talking about the law. So we we will often focus on, you have become dead to the law, and Paul does make that point about them having died to the law. But at the same time, the husband, the law, died itself. So whichever way you look at it, as believers, (laughs) there's nobody under the law, and you might think, but Joel... Uh, the law, you know, the, 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 Jesus came not to abolish the law but to fulfill it and and the law is going to continue on and on and on and yes he did fulfill it but then we get to Ephesians 2 and here's what Paul says about the law. He says, for he himself, Jesus, is our peace who has made both one. I'm I'm skipping some context here so... In Ephesians 2, he's talking about this separation that the Gentiles and the Jews formerly had before Christ. He's saying that the Gentiles were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's Ephesians 2, 11 and uh, 12 and 13. So he says, for he himself is our peace who has made both one. So Jew and Gentile made one now and broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Well, what is the enmity? He says that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so, that, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. So the law was abolished in Jesus' flesh. And Colossians 2 uh, says something similar. He talks about, um, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out. This is the New King James. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. So it's been wiped out. It was against us. It was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So that's the law. That's what happened with the law. So when Paul says in Romans 7, he uses his example, if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. He's telling them, he's telling the Jews the same thing, that the law died. It was taken out of the way. It was uh, abolished in Jesus' flesh. It was nailed to the cross. And so... Not only have they become dead to the law through the body of Christ so that they can be married to another, to Christ, who was raised from the dead, but also the law itself has been taken out of the way. And I I think that's important to know that, Um, not just to have a good doctrinal view of the law, but to understand that there's just no way that any of us today are under the law or have any relationship with the law at all.
1: There you go. And uh, in, in following up with that, uh, Hebrews 7, and I'm leaving out some context here too, but Hebrews 7, verse 12, when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. And that word change doesn't just mean a revision. It, it talks about bringing something to an end, if you look in the original language, and, and replacing it with something else. We're talking about a, a new covenant here. The old priesthood under the old way, the old covenant, was replaced with a new high priest who came from a different tribe than the priests under the Jewish law. He came from the tribe of Judah, and it was the tribe of the Levites where the priests were offering things at the altar under the old covenant. And and that, that came to an end. So then skipping down from Hebrews 7.12 down to 7.18, For on the one hand, there is a setting aside of a former commandment because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. And on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God, a better hope. The law made nothing perfect, but that was the requirement. So on the one hand, there is the setting aside or the annulling of a former commandment. And that Greek word there, annulling or setting aside, Strong shows it uh, 115 uh, setting aside an annulment a nullification, a, a word study along with that says properly annulment, cancellation, what is rendered no longer in effect. So this is what's happened but but by and large in the in the world of religious church, we have a combination of these two covenants getting mixed up And let me just throw this in Joel, as we get ready to wrap up probably here pretty soon. The New Covenant, in essence, is Jesus Christ. Remember back in Isaiah when God said, I will, in reference uh, prophecy, in reference to the Messiah, uh, I will give you as a covenant for the people. Jesus really is the covenant. The covenant isn't necessarily the New Testament, not, not even after the four gospel books. That, that's not really the new covenant. The new covenant is Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ in our hearts, something written on our hearts, not something written in stone or on paper with words and letters. It's not doctrine. Um, it's, it's something very special, something very holy, uh, supernatural, and it's something that we can abide in, uh, and that can abide in us. Uh, and I just wanted to throw that in for free, no extra charge.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we'll wrap up with this week with that, and just knowing that it's it's talking about Jesus. The, the, the law was weak and unprofitable. The law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, like you said in this verse, there is the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God, and that hope is Jesus himself. It's not Doctrine, it's not the Bible. Yeah. we're thankful for the Bible and for all the writings that point us to Jesus, but that better hope is Jesus himself. And I think Paul alludes to that also in the uh, Romans seven that I had been reading from, where he says, "Therefore, my brethren, you have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, joined to another. you you have this new relationship with a person, to him. Who was raised from the dead. That's who our relationship is with. So as Gentile, as people who were not Jewish people, we didn't go through this process of dying to the law, but because we were far off, we were alienated from Israel and from the covenants and everything, and we were simply brought near by the blood of Jesus, and that's what we have now. Uh, We've been brought near to God To him who was raised from the dead, to Jesus, that we should bear fruit to God. So for the Jews, they died to the law, that they could be married to Jesus, to another. And as Gentiles, we who did not have the law... We were joined to him by the blood of Jesus in the, in the same way. It's just that Paul is saying that the Jews had to be uh, become dead to the law. And th- all this had to happen so that we could be joined to Christ. And he says so that we should bear fruit to God. So it's apart from the law that fruit uh, comes. It has nothing to do with the law. It's being dead to the law or being joined together with Christ, this person. And and Joel,
1: I I think something that you alluded to early, but we didn't really spend much time on it. We have done podcasts in the past on it, but it's the, the importance of understanding some things that Jesus said, for example, to his disciples in Matthew 5, where he said, I did not come. His mission was not to come to abolish the law. And so people always throw that out there without realizing a new covenant has since taken place, where Mm -hmm. Paul said the things he did, for example, in in Ephesians chapter 2, where the law was abolished in his flesh. Uh, once, Once the law was fulfilled, that was the result of it, even though that wasn't the reason. Jesus didn't just put his feet on the planet to abolish the law. That wasn't mission number one. He came to fulfill it. But otherwise, it looks like we have a contradiction, right? It's really not a contradiction. It's just a matter of separating and understanding the, the difference between these two covenants and, and when the people said the things that they did, such as Jesus and Paul in this instance.
0: Well, looking ahead to next week's podcast, now that we know that we're freed from religion, we're not under the law, some people wonder how exactly it is that we live in this new life in Christ, if it's not by rules and laws and all that type of thing. Well, Paul talked a lot about how we have access now to the Holy Spirit of God. So we'll talk about living in the Spirit as opposed to living by rules and regulations. Coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more
1: Growing in Grace.